Welcome to Adventures of a 20-something podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of navigating life in your 20s. This is a podcast for all the other self-discoverers, all the other people in the pursuit of purpose, all the other 20-somethings not sure what the heck they want to do with their life. So let's figure it out together with your host, a 23-year-old in a continual transition state of life herself, Ariana Sutnich. Hey everyone! Today we're going to be talking to one of my favorite people in the world, Kenny Deep. Kenny and I met while living and teaching in the south of France post-grad. It only took a few seconds to fall in love with Kenny's fabulous confidence and kick-ass outlook on life. I hope you enjoy hearing from him as much as I always do. Hey Kenny, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. So can you just start by sharing a little bit about yourself, like a quick introduction? Yeah, so um, so I'm Candy. I'm originally from New York. Um, right now I'm working as a research assistant in like the Washington, D.C. area. I'm actually in Silver Spring. Um, I am a happy homosexual. I first realized like my sexuality in freshman year of high school, so I was about 14 at the time. And I remember, I think there was a combination of a lot of internalized homophobia and a lot of internalized misogyny within me, Mm. where I was essentially afraid to be very feminine. And I was like, oh my God, I would never want to be that. Like, I remember I got to the point where I wouldn't even show my friends my iPod because I was afraid that they would see Lady Gaga and Britney Spears and all these like pop divas and everything. And then they would know I was gay. And like, I was so afraid of that. And it wasn't actually until college that I started really becoming more of the very out and flamboyant person that I am today. Like it, freshman year, it kind of, I kind of got a lot more open about it. And I remember my freshman year roommate texted me about, I think this is about a year ago. Or was it two years ago? No, I think it was a year ago. Um, talking about seeing me acting like that way really like helped him open up to the LGBT community and like really like changed his perspective on like gay people and everything. And I remember I read that and I cried a lot. Wow, but, um, that's really that's powerful. Really, it, yeah, it was an emotional time, especially like he had um he was suffering from cancer at the time and so a bunch of us made little clips of um video for him like sharing like good memories we had with him and everything and so he had sent me that in response to seeing the clip i sent him um for the video and he told me that and it made me feel a lot of emotions wow. but um i remember my sophomore year i was that was actually the first time i technically i guess did drag because i dressed up as gaga for halloween nice but um that was a mess but um <laughs> you've come a long way I'll since i'll send you the picture for that <laughs> i've come a long way since but um i remember it was i was at the it was, that was the year i did the gymnastics team at umd and i was talking to one of my friends and i remember thinking i was like you know like i'm not ashamed of being gay but i was like you know my life would probably be a lot easier if I was straight. And, like, it was kind of just, like, the kind of typical thing, like, um, if I was, like, I wasn't dating anyone at the time. My dating life was about as exciting as paint drying at that time. <laughs> um, but it was kind of, like, the idea that 
if I'm walking down the street with someone, if I want to hold their hand, like I have to worry about that. Or if I see somebody I'm attracted to, like in a coffee shop, I can't go up to them and introduce myself and like, um, see if they're interested in anything. Cause it's like when you're gay, you need to a worry about if they're gay or straight, B worry about if they're straight, are they homophobic and are they going to like verbally or physically attack you? Yeah. And like, if there's a lot of things that go into it. And so I remember I was like, I had a lot of not necessarily fear, but I don't I don't know if shame is the right word, but I'm gonna for lack of a better word I'm gonna say shame for being gay for like certain things like that I just wasn't very confident with who I was, and I think over my years in college I like every semester and every year I got better and I got more confident, but. It wasn't until my semester in Nice, which was my very last semester, um, so it was spring semester of 2017, that I really started discovering more about myself, becoming more and more confident with myself, and really starting to love who I was. Um, that was around the time where I kind of started having connections with like gender and stuff like that, because now, like, since I mean, I personally, I view, and a lot of other people do view gender as a spectrum so like for me I don't see myself as like on a traditionally male sense I see myself kind of somewhere blurred in the middle and so I kind of started discovering that in during my semester in Nice and I think that combined with doing the drag and everything like that it's really helped me kind of shape me into who I am today it's helped me become a lot more confident and it's nothing that I would have expected even two years ago Wow. Like, especially, like, when I do my makeup and stuff. I'm actually going to be doing my makeup tonight. I'll, maybe I'll send you a Snapchat. Yes, please. Um, but um, if it comes out good, it's not a disgusting mess. We'll see. Oh, my God. But, you're um, so hard on yourself. Like, if you had talked to me – like, I've, I wanted to get into drag um, probably – now it's probably about two and a half years. I had been interested in getting into it, mm-hmm. but um, I never really did it. So, like – you would ask me like three years ago or like especially if you talked to high school Kenny and said, hey, guess what? You might one day be a drag queen. He would have shit himself. Like <laughs> he would have been like, um, excuse me, you're lying. Sounds fake. And so, <laughs> fake news. Fake news, exactly. And so like looking back on the person I used to be and seeing kind of how I've grown, how I've developed, how I've come into myself and how I've become so much more confident and so much more open with who I am it's very liberating and it's nothing that I, it's not nothing like I would have expected it to be a few years ago. Like even the fact like I'm going to Orlando pride with my family, like my brother, maybe my brother-in-law if he gets off work and my parents and I'm going to be in full drag. Like that's a pretty, I think that's pretty fucking awesome. That's so cool. And it's nothing I would have been like, like this coming from the part, like I went from, I mean, it took a long ass fucking time. But oh, sorry, I probably shouldn't curse on this. It's okay, um, you can. It took a long, it took a long time. But <laughs> I went from being the person who was afraid to show people his iPod to strutting around the streets in a bodysuit and wig and heels and full face makeup and everything. Like, it's interesting to think about. Like, we're always growing, we're always developing, and yeah, you know, things aren't gonna go according to plan, but things are gonna work out in the best way that they can. Definitely. And I think that you're such an inspiration and the fact that you're so open and true to yourself um, probably helps a lot of people, whether you know it or not, you know? 
Did I did I tell you about one of my students that messaged me? No, you didn't. Tell me. So a lot of my students, after um, like I was finished with their classes, I had, like halfway through the year, I had promised one of the classes. Um, they had asked me for like my social media. I was like, I'll give y'all my Instagram like at the end when I'm no longer your teacher and it's not weird. So like they're like, yeah. And so like the last few weeks came, they're like, can we have your Instagram? I was like, yeah, okay, here it is. <laughs> and so I, I gave it to a bunch of my classes. And one of my former students is very openly trans. He's a, now a, he's a trans boy. And he was in second at the time. So like probably like 15, maybe going on 16. So pretty young. And I remember I posted my pictures of me at DC pride. And like, that was the first time I had ever gone like intentional drag, like thinking about it as drag. Like I remember I dressed up as Gaga for Halloween that one time, but I didn't really think of that as drag. I was like, Oh, it's Halloween costume. Yeah. Um, I remember I posted it and he had sent me a direct message talking about how seeing that combined with like, seeing because like I mean it was pretty obvious that I was gay like in like I was (laughs) walking around my purse my heeled boots and everything yeah it's like I was always very open about it and he told me about like seeing me like around the school and around Poe and everything like being so happy and proud of who I am and so confident combined with seeing me posting about drag and everything like that inspired him to come out and like it kind of inspired him to continue his trans journey and everything and I remember I got that message and I just started sobbing because I remember I like when I went into Tappy and everything one of my goals is like I want to like change a person's life I know that's like such like a stereotypical like beginning teacher like I want to change lives today mm-hmm. but like to see that like I actually did it just it meant more than the world to me that's especially so just incredible. because like I've been in that per not trans but I've been in the shoes of LGBT youth who are afraid to come out, who are afraid to be themselves. And like, I've seen people who have been so open and so confident, so proud of who they are. And it's inspired me and being on the other side of that, being the person inspiring and changing somebody's life. It just makes me really emotional. Oh my gosh. It's making me emotional. I'm so making me a little emotional talk. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. You're such a beautiful you. soul inside and out. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> you know, you are doing your part for the LGBTQ community and for the world and but just by being your true self and I think that that's how everyone can make the most impact in the world is by honoring who they really are on the inside. I agree 100%, and it means the world to me to hear you say that, because you're such a dear friend of mine. I love you, Kenny. I love you. <laughs> okay, well, okay, so how um, how do you plan? You said you kind of plan, like, um, step by step. Uh, are you planning for, how are you planning for the next kind of few years in your 20s? Are you being intentional about it? Do you have, like, a five-year plan, or are you going day by day? Um, so before I got my job, so I think I mentioned this earlier. I know I mentioned it to you, like when we FaceTimed and stuff. Um, right now I'm working as a research assistant in a lab that does HIV research. And so before I started the job, my long-term plan was I was going to spend a couple years getting experience, which, hey, checking that off the list right now. Yeah, getting experience. (laughs) But, um, I was planning on getting experience and then... 
um, after maybe working at the place for a year and a half to two years, I was going to apply to PhD programs and do a PhD in either virology, so the study of viruses, or a PhD in cancer biology. And then I will, after getting the PhD, which usually takes about five to six years, I would probably go the academia route and then combine research and teaching. Because I really, I did discover like through TAPI and through a previous TA thing I did that I really do enjoy teaching. Mm-hmm. I I love, I love the like the act of spreading knowledge and also like I, I like the idea of being that teacher that could change people's lives. Honestly, I don't know if that sounds like idealistic or even like conceited in a way that like oh I'm doing this for like for my own benefit in a way. I don't know. No, no, but, it like, doesn't at all. So academia at a university was kind of the plan, I guess, for me. Right now, I'm kind of in a way conflicted because I do enjoy my job, but I'm an assistant. I'm not one of the scientists. I don't have my, obviously I have a bachelor's, I don't have a PhD or even a master's. And so when it comes to planning the experiments, I don't actually plan them, I do them and I gather the data and stuff. So like, I'm not designing the protocol. I'm not doing the really the data analysis. I'm not writing the papers and stuff like that. I'm doing the experiments and like, it's, Certain experiments, they're enjoyable. Others are dreadful. But <laughs> I'm like, I've only, I've been here for a little over four months. God, it's already been almost over four months. I started at the end of May. Um, and while I enjoy it, I don't know if this is just me being like a millennial that like is afraid of like long-term commitment thingies. <laughs> but um, like I have, I'm having trouble seeing myself doing research for my entire life, if that makes sense. Definitely. Especially because, like, with research, it's a long process, and especially with something like virus research and stuff like that. It's such a long process, and sometimes you can spend months, years on, even years on an experiment, and then your results aren't statistically significant. So all of the years or months or years that you just spent, I don't want to say they mean nothing, but they aren't they don't really do anything because you can't even write a paper about it if the results aren't statistically significant. Right. And so the idea of that, like putting all this effort in and then getting no result from it scares me a lot. And then also like that now I hate, I always hate talking about this part because I always, if I always feel like it makes me sound materialistic, but like we live in a world where money is important and money and research kind of sucks. Yeah, no, it is important. Yeah, no, it is. It's realistic. Oh, it's realistic. Exactly. That that. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, that's how I like to look at. It. I'm just like, is it being is it being like materialistic or is it being realistic? I'm like, I'm gonna go with realistic. Yeah. But like, money and research like kind of sucks. Like, if you're like a professor, professor, that 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 you make a pretty good salary. Or if you're a PI, a principal investigator, yeah, you make a pretty good salary. But other than that, it's like, as far as I know, I could be wrong, but um. It's kind of, like, not the best. And, like, I mean, one, I've just... My two... Two of my hobbies that I've chosen <laughs> happen to be very expensive. And that mm-hmm. is drag and photography. Yes. Two hobbies that cost a lot of money. And so I'm like, mm, <laughs> money's important. Yeah, and then, you like, obviously, I also love traveling. Mm, money, important. And things like that. And so I, like... Part of me is, like, money's not everything. But I'm like, but it is a significant portion of it. Yeah. So... I'm like trying to figure out. So one of the things I need to do, and I kind of started doing it last week and I just need to really like sit down and do it is really like, look, 
look at what I can get in terms of careers with a master's, with a PhD, what my options are and what I can do to really see what is the best fit for me. Because I know I want to spend at least, assuming I do a PhD, I'm going to spend at least another year before applying to grad school programs. If I was going to do a PhD program, I would apply, I would start applying in fall of 2019 in order to begin the fall of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but so in like, I, what tends to happen with me, I feel like is I make a long-term plan or like some semblance of a long-term plan and then things change as it goes like as time goes on, which has been a common theme in my life. I feel like yeah. whether it was majoring in biochemistry, doing tappy, uh, going to grad school right after things like that. But I mean, I mean, I, I get a lot of anxiety from it, but slowly but surely I'm trying to learn to go with the flow a little bit and kind of let things fall into place. But I feel like it's also as much as you want to let things fall into place, it's also important to remember that things aren't going to fall into place on their own. You need to make an effort to do it. Definitely. Like um, I remember in Poe, I was like applying to internships and jobs and stuff. And I remember I kept, like, I kept telling myself, I'm like, things are going to fall into place. Things are going to work out, but you have to make it work out. The opportunities, like, jo- like um, I applied for that program through the NIH that I ended up not doing because I got this job. But, like, you fill out an application, basically, and it goes through their database. And then if scientists want you, they'll contact, it, contact you. And, like, yeah, they can contact you. Like, I got contacted by... Um, probably like four or five in total, but also like you need to make an effort and you need to reach out to them and show them why they should want you. Yeah. Do your part. Like that's a big, um, I think that's a big thing to remember. And like, I hate to be one of those people that like bashes on millennials because I too (laughs) am a millennial and I think the older generation tends to be huge assholes to millennials. But (laughs) one of my big things, um, that I was talking to one of my coworkers about because she was talking to me about how she has a bunch of credit card debt. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, girl, that's really problematic. Like, I'm sorry. But then, like, a week later, she was talking about how she's going on, like, on, like an expensive vacation with her boyfriend and how she wants to get this, like, $300 hair treatment. And I'm just like, weren't you just talking about credit card debt? Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, it's self-care. I'm like, um, girl. Let me tell you a thing. Like, I remember, I don't know, do you read the website Thought Catalog? Yeah, I do. I love that website. And I remember there was an article, and I could try to find it for you if you want. Yeah, um, that'd be great. To either link it in the, I don't know, the description of this or read it on your own. Mm-hmm. It was something along the lines of, it, the title was something along the lines of, self-care isn't always chocolate and saltwater baths or something yes. like that. And it was basically talking about how self-care is become so trendy but it's also become a way to avoid our problems mm-hmm. and people view it as a, like people view it as an escape from reality and they were saying and I agree with it that instead of trying to escape reality you should also like obviously everyone needs an escape sometimes but you should also work on creating a re- reality you don't need to escape from yes and I think I read that okay, article how, actually <laughs> it was you probably did. I think it was like one of the trending ones. So good. I usually just like go to the popular section and read like whatever Zodiac posts and like motivational things I say. But um, <laughs> it was like so many people are like, oh, I'm going to ignore my problems and take a bath and do a face mask. And it's like, that's great. I'm also going to do a face mask tonight probably. Mm-hmm. But also it was like, 
self-care is also paying off your credit card bills, doing that load of laundry and cleaning the dishes out of your sink. Like it's working to improve your life. And I think so many people view the menial tasks, whether it is paying bills or doing laundry, they view it as such a hassle and everything, but doing it is a form of self-care. Definitely. And I remember like, like this is, I don't know, maybe I'm really weird. I love doing dishes and I love doing laundry. <laughs> You're like, so lucky. I mean, like, I think it's something about the idea, like, here are these, like, like here are these dirty dishes and I'm making the, them clean. Or, like, here are these dirty clothes that I'm putting in this machine and they will come out fresh and anew. Maybe it's something, like, I look at it like that and that really helps me. I hate folding clothes. Yeah. But, <laughs> I do but um, like, I think people need to look more into, like, creating their future, planning their future, like in creating their lives and running their lives and looking at the everyday items as self-care and looking to create a world that a reality that they want to live in. I don't know. I just totally rambled on. I hope no, that, that makes sense. I, I, honestly, you have been answering so many of the questions that I wanted to ask you without me even having to ask them. <laughs> so it's perfect. <laughs> well, I'm happy to help. Yes. You've been amazing. Okay. One more question. Um, okay. what would you say to 19 year old Kenny, who's about to turn 20, knowing what you know now? Knowing what I know now. Okay. So 19 years old, let me see, what year was that? I was, I turned 19 my sophomore year. So I was, whew, okay. I'm going to say things are going to be wonderful and shitty at the same time. There's going to be, in terms of college and your semesters, there's going to be semesters where for weeks at a time you're going to feel depressed and you're going to feel very lost, you're going to feel abandoned by people, and in some ways you're not really going to know what to do. There's going to be days where you look at yourself in the mirror and you hate what you see. There and there's going to be a lot of confusion. There's going to be a lot of anxiety as to what your future holds, what you're going to do, who you are. And you just need to keep being the person that you want to be because the friends you have, they will love you. And if they don't love you, they're not really your friends. You're going to, you know, amazing people and you're going to meet more and more amazing people that are going to shine light into your life. And eventually you're going to discover hobbies, you're going to discover passions that really showcase who you are. When you really delve into those hobbies, your true self your true self is really going to shine and you're going to discover who you are meant to be and in the end everything is going to work out. You're going to look at your life, see the people you surround yourself with, and you're going to think, damn, my life is pretty damn good. Oh, Kenny. Well, okay, just like you said, other people are the shining light in your life. You're the shining light in my life. And I know that's cheesy, but you bring me so much happiness. And um, just seeing how confident you are gives me the courage to be more myself as well. So I just wanted to tell you that. I adore you so much. A big thank you to our guest, Kenny, and thank you all for joining us for Adventures of a 20-something. Sorry about the sound quality at some points. We were speaking over FaceTime since Kenny and I currently live across the country from each other. If you like this episode, you can rate it and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, 
or whatever platform you are using. Keep listening in for more fun with some 20-somethings to come. Thank you.